Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever the mission, home or away, Enterprise helps over 120,000 people every day. With vans of all shapes and sizes, if you have a plan, Enterprise has a van. No matter if you need to rent for an hour, a day, a week or longer, Enterprise offers great rates for you or your business. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and welcome to another edition of Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast, or just the Goldstein podcast as it's now being called by the millions of people that download it for free. Uh, A busy podcast coming up begins, obviously, with England fans on the back of, yeah, victory, but yeah, a shoddy performance in the second half, and yeah, awful defence. And anyway, you get the drift. This is you lot saying something similar on the sports bar, or as I like to call it, the ad. Yeah, you get the idea. I just want to pick up on um, what you said before, Andy, really. Like, I, I want to acknowledge that Southgate has got England playing um, more exciting football and they're better to watch than previous managers. Yeah, agreed. But aside from that, I don't really understand what's changed. We go into these groups for World Cup qualification and European qualification, and we play you know, four or five what would be classed as non-league teams in, in, in this country, and we win comfortably. Every 10 or 12 years, we have a wobble and we don't qualify for something. But the fact of the matter is, we get to these tournaments and we do nothing. And I can't see it changing any time soon. When you say we do nothing... We, we, we beat teams that we should beat. When we, beat, when we play teams that, you know, uh, sort of the similar level... When you say we do nothing at tournaments... It... That's... Well, yeah, but Jason, the, the World Cup, we, every team we played, we we had the easiest run, and then the teams that were at our level or slightly above, we lost. Yeah, but that's but that's how that's how cup competitions work. Generally, you come up against a side that's better than you, and you go out. And I think it's fair yeah, to but, say that Croatia, hold on, Croatia are better than us. No, but what Steve's saying is that you you and lots of people like you are saying, well, we got to the semi-finals. But what Steve's saying is, yeah, but we only got that far because we came up against Dross. Yeah, but what? But what? But what? Yeah, but hold on. Spain didn't get there. Spain went out. Yeah, but, well, but I'm not Germany, talking about Spain. No, I'm saying teams like Spain and Germany didn't get as far as we did. The Netherlands weren't even yeah, there. Italy weren't even there. So when you say what's changed, we actually were, I think, worthy of a spot in the semi-finals last season, last last World Cup. Oh, Jason, you're what? blind. No, We've got blind what? faith in this country. We're bigging up average players, right? Now I look at Mason Mount and I think. Mason Mount looks a decent player, mm-hmm. OK? Two decent games for Chelsea this season. It scored against Norwich. And all of a sudden, we're pulling him out as some kind of world beater. And we're doing it every year with different players. Like, at the beginning of the season, Tammy Abraham, right? He, he couldn't buy a goal and apparently cost Chelsea the Super Cup. He scores twice against Norwich. And then everyone's like, let's call him up for England. It, it, we're, we're, we're over-promoting... 
potential, and you can't do it. And Southgate is tactically inept. Uh, I mean, what about when we beat Spain? Was he tactically inept? Was he... In the first 10 minutes by hitting them on the counter. Yeah, it was, but so, hold on, did he get that right tactically? For the first 10 minutes, mm. absolutely got that right. And then they worked us out and they battered us and we held on. We, we, what do you mean we battered us? I mean, in the end, it was the last 10 minutes or so, they had to. They were throwing everything at us, but we were worthy. What yeah, about when we beat Croatia? Yeah, Croatia was a great game, but let's be honest, they didn't beat Croatia when it really mattered, which was the World Cup. Yeah, so, so Southgate's learnt then from that, would you agree? No, he hasn't learnt. He hasn't learnt. learnt a thing. He hasn't learnt a thing. So he lost to Croatia, and then we play them next, and we beat them, and he hasn't learnt. Yeah, and then we went to Holland, and he picked completely the wrong team twice, and we lost both games. The big news on Tuesday was Michael Owen was in the building. Yeah, we got we got Michael Owen. He was in the building talking about his new book, which is called I Hate Alan Shearer. Oh, no, hold on. Oh, no, that's not the title of it, but you would have thought so, having read a few bits of it. Anyway, Mike Holmes on The Breakfast Show. This is him talking to Big Al. It's not paper talk, unfortunately. Really? I haven't spoke to him for a long time, no. Which Shame. is sad. It is, Shame. absolutely. Um, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, same agent as Alan, same boot sponsors. We were always together on the circuit. Um, when I, I mean... Playing for England, playing up front alongside him was a proper honour. I mean, what a player. Mm. And then going to Newcastle, one of the reasons I thought, no, what, a, how good will this be playing for a season or two with Alan Shearer up there? I mean, that it was so that was one of the reasons I thought, no, go on, I'm going to go to Newcastle. And stayed in his house while I was house hunting, my family, you know, big mates. And remained that. Played mm. golf with him all the time. We loved our horses. We loved our golf. We, you know, everything was fine. But sadly, as soon as he took over as manager, you know, it took a twist and it took a twist in the final game. I mean, I was out for... Was this Villa? Yeah, I was out with a groin injury for, for most of his short period. I think he was only manager for eight games. Like nine games, I think. Nine games, was it? Yeah. Was it? And is, I it had a, is it fair to see Alan believed that you were fit and you faked it is that is that is that what we're that's talking about here basically the crux of the matter yeah and i had a groin injury um for you know a period of time so i didn't even play many games under alan but then the last game was looming and in my eyes and bear in mind we've already spoken about injuries, injuries yeah. i knew my body better than anybody i don't care whether you're the best doctor or best physio in the world i knew my body and i knew when i was a week early or two days away or I'm right now or whatever. I knew it just from feel. I'd had it. I'd been there. I'd done it for, for years and years. Do you want to make up one then? Because he's basically accused you not cheating, but, you know, he doesn't want to play. Well, I've got no problem with Alan. Absolutely. Like the guy, as I say, got great history with him, but sadly he's got this view of myself that I didn't want to play in this last game. And I know why he'd come to the conclusion. He thinks that because I was at the end of my uh, contract that, you know, it might have influenced or affected the next move. But, I mean, come on, I've had, as I say, 25, 30 Muslim. Another one isn't going to, you know, stop me from doing whatever. Um, so I was more than... And, in fact, I, I went into the into the into his office the day before the game and I said, if I were you, I would put me on the bench. I'm not right. I mean, I've just been trying to sprint with the physio and I if I go another step quicker I got to about 70% if I go another step it's going to ping again mm. I'm still a week away with it. but put me on the bench if we need a goal 10 minutes to go whatever bring me on I'll loiter around the box and I'll try to knock one in but it's this, a risk this, this, this was, you know, did you go body. on the bench 
I was on the band, and, and that ex- that that transpired. That exactly right. those those chain events happened. But he took that as some way that I didn't want to to play. And here's another Owen run. He's going to worry them again. It's a great run by Michael Owen, and he might finish it off. Oh, it's a wonderful goal! What an amazing moment in Michael Owen's young career! A fantastic run that frightened the Argentinians. And a most unerring finish beyond Roar to make it 2-1 England. A terrific moment. I burst on the scene at 17 and won the Golden Boot, went to Eng- went with England and-, and played in the World Cup. So all of a sudden, I'm an 18-year-old and I've achieved quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, as a as a baby like that, you really just want to focus on football. Now, I had a, a great team around me. I mean, my agent at the time um, looked after David Beckham Alan Shearer some great players so of course I leave everything off the field just to to the experts it's right concentrate on your football and I would say looking back on my career Mm. that I was probably painted a little bit whiter than white early on in my career and since then people have almost formed an opinion and as you say you were you know maybe quiet or shy or, or whatever it was early on in my career but I think off the pitch if you'd asked all the lads in the Liverpool dressing room, they'd say, "You know, you're living a lie, mate. What, yeah. You know, how can how can you be perceived so so clean cut? Let's say mm. outside. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't a rebel, but I I, I did have a personality. I was a a, a, a person that liked you know going mm. out with the lads and having a laugh and things like that. But I think I was perceived as as being white than white. So maybe this book and some of the revelations or or some of the hard facts or, or opinions maybe come as a shock to a lot of people. Also on The Breakfast Show was Sir Jeffrey Boycott, or SGB, as no one calls him. This is him talking to Big Al. This was a lovely surprise, Jeffrey, wasn't it? It was a lovely surprise. Uh, the Prime Minister called me herself, I mean, Theresa, and asked me, and I thought, well, I know it has to go to, the, to Boris, the current Prime Minister, has to go to the Queen, and I thought it'd be a week or two, and maybe it'll get turned down, knowing <laughs> my colourful life. And uh, so I didn't even tell my wife. And, and then it all started yesterday. My daughter got calls from the media wanting uh, interviews this morning, or quotes, yeah. and she said, Daddy, we need to talk when I get home. Whoa. I said, right, OK. So, Jeffrey, where does this knighthood, where would that, where does this rank in your list of great achievements? Oh, it's lovely because it, it's, it's the recognition of your cricket, isn't it, over the years and commentating. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky. I love the game. I passionately have done. I'm also, maybe I was good at it. A lot of others were. But I, I really do love it. I mean, even commentating, it's not as good as batting, but I get up in the morning and, and I, want to, I want to go to, I can't call it work. My dad did work down a coal mine, wondering if the roof were going to fall on his head every day, every minute nearly. Mine is just, oh, you'd almost go to cricket to commentate and not get paid, wouldn't you? Just lovely, what a life. And I've had it. He's a buffet bowler. <laughs> he is, he's a help yourself. <laughs> he's got down there, inside out, bottom man, clonked. Well, he picked the line, or he thinks he did. I think he picked the length, I'm not sure about the line. He looked like a, a lap slog. And uh, if you hit it, it's a good shot. Your hand through your hair. At least I've got some to do it with. Ooh, that was below the belt, eh? Ooh. My daughter said to me when she was young, she must have been about nine, she said, Daddy, you're lucky you've had two careers. 
Mm. I said, really? Yeah. Hmm. You bat it for 25 years, you commentate for years, you love it, you're good at it. She said, a lot of people have to go to work, earn a living, they don't necessarily like the job they go to. Mm. And she's right. Well, people like me who really enjoy it passionately, you know, I used to, every morning when I played for Yorkshire and England, I used to get up and open the curtains. It's the sun shining because I want to bat today. Yeah. I was more in- interested in that than making a cup of tea. Next up on Jim White Show was Simon Jordan disagreeing. Oh, there's a surprise. Yeah. With sporting honours and knighthoods. Of course, he'll keep disagreeing until he gets one. I think it's cronyism. I think it's patronage. I think ultimately the whole honour system is flawed anyway because we recognise and reward people for micro achievements. You know, I think the handing out of the gongs because we won the 2005 uh, Ashes to every single player who turned up at number 10 drunk out of their heads was beyond my comprehension. And I think too too many people get recognised for things that they haven't done. If you look at the list of people that that have turned down gongs like Lowry or Roald Dow, or, or David Bowie, you know, looking at these things and saying, well, I did what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't do it for recognition. And I think certainly the honour system is flawed. I'm Alan Brazil and this is TalkSport Daily. Now hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus of the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent a Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. David Hay was next on H&J. There's a little poem there, but there isn't one anymore. No. David Hay was on H&J talking about how he hurt his little toe. Oh, no, sorry. That's from years ago. This is him talking about Derek Chisora. He did take up with me, and I agreed with uh, Eddie Hearn that it was a co-main event, so there would be it would be equal parity. And when Derek then asked the question, who's the main event, and the answer contractually is, is equal, Eddie then said the guy next to you, meaning... Um, the super lightweight world champion. And that, obviously, as far as Derek was concerned, he was the main event or co-main event. And then when he's up on stage, he's told he's not. He obviously, he's not the type of guy you, you kind of do the old switcheroo with. You, you've got to be quite straight with Derek. And uh, he felt he wasn't, he, he was being taken advantage of in some way. And he, he kicked off like in, in true Derek Chisora style. Has he got a point, David? Though I mean, he is a he is a big draw, and even that yesterday was a bit WWE, but it all sells tickets, doesn't it? It does, and if you if you actually look at 
the press, you know, he was trending on uh, on social media. You know, everybody was talking. He, he he said, you know, what was the the quote about? You know, if you're gonna him, you know, you know, at least give me some Vaseline. That was the thing he said, and that everybody oh, jumped on that that headline. And um, it's it's you know, bad, good or bad publicity, you know, it equals to pay-per-view buyers and interest. So people who may not have been aware of this show are mm. now aware of this show. Derek, Derek is, is sold out the O2 Arena on multiple occasions. He's the, 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 the London fighter on the bill with the, with the biggest fan base. You know, you've got um, the, the world champions, one's from um, America, one's from Glasgow. So I understand where Derek's coming from. Also, Derek's very fit at the moment. He's not used to being this, this far out from a fight. It's six weeks this Saturday. Normally, he only kind of peaks. He only really starts you know, getting the engine going two or three weeks prior to the fight. But we've kept him in the gym since his spectacular win over um, Artur Spilka, the, the Polish guy who went 12 rounds or went nine rounds with Deontay Wilder. He went out there and blitzed him at the O2 Arena in two rounds, really uh, dishing out a real statement of intent there for all the heavyweights. Which, is, which has caused him to be the co-main event for this show. So I understand where his head's at. I understand that he's frustrated. I understand that he, you know, he feels a little short-changed. But it's, uh, it's a fight that everybody is excited about. Now, earlier on, I mentioned to Jeffrey Boycott, or SGB, was, of course, on the Alan Brazil Breakfast Show. We can stay with the cricket theme now as our very own David Spencer caught up with Jimmy Anderson. I was hearing Michael Owen talking about his injuries today because obviously yeah. as a footballer he suffered a lot and he talked about that, the pressure to, to get back. Was there a little bit of that because it was the Ashes? Well, of course, yeah, but I, I also felt like the, the rehab went really well. I, I, you know, I went into that first test uh, 100% confident that I was, I was fit again. Uh, and I was, you know, I, I'd done as, uh, everything I possibly could to, to prove myself for that, uh, that test match uh, other than play a game of cricket. Uh, but I felt really good. I uh, didn't have any issues with the calf, and then unfortunately it flared up again in that game. Um, and you know, sometimes it, these things that they they can happen. Uh, it's just frustrating. Frustrating it happened in a big series like the Ashes. And just in terms of the Test side, again, a lot of comments about have we taken the eye off the ball with the Test team compared to the One Day team. How do you feel about that? Um, there could be an element of that, but. You know, I don't think it, it really affects the guys that go out in the middle. Just, you know, just, I think we've, we're picking the, the best uh, test players that we've got in the country, um, and it's just about delivering uh, under pressure out in the middle. And we've, you know, there'd be some guys in this team that are disappointed that they've not quite performed the way they would have liked. Um, but going forward, that I think. It's some. I don't know whether we've taken the eye off the ball. It's just, uh, you know, we've focused more on white ball cricket because we wanted to win the World Cup and we did that. So I think that you know that's been a, a good thing for English cricket. Now we can kind of uh, hopefully trying to find. It's about finding a balance. So you know we've got a new coach coming in. If we can find that balance between uh, having a good, a great white ball side, which we have. And obviously, we want to try and balance that and match that with a, a great test side. And th this is the problem now. What we've got is a great performer, and he's still a very talented cricketer, even at 37. He doesn't need to ball quick because he's got skill factors that are unbelievable. But at some point, when we're talking about getting our test team back to number one in the world, 
prolonging the career of two of them together, it's going to be very difficult to get the youngsters in and get them game time and get them experience. So about him and Broad? Yes, we could still use them. But does it mean he has to go from playing every single game to probably saying, we're not going to take him to New Zealand. We're going to take the youngsters to New Zealand and get some experience. We'll take him to South Africa. We think he might play a part over there. It's a massive series, four uh, test series. And then we don't live need him in Sri Lanka. Sport. Yeah, live and talk sport. Then we don't need him in Sri Lanka because he went there last year and he struggled to perform over there and he got left out of the last test because he was ineffective. So... I think, yes, he's still got a bit to offer, but I think the days of him playing every single game, we have to build for the future. And we end the podcast off as we always do. In fact, I've got a little email here. It says, uh, Dear Andy, loving the Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast. Love the sports bar. Just wondering, is it possible the sports bar could start at 6am in the morning and go all the way through all the day? So you go through Jim White's show and then you go through H&J and then you go through a bit of drive and then kick all the way through to your own sports bar. No. You know, the, you know when you eat a bag of Watsits? When you eat a bag of Watsits? Yeah, the crisp. Yeah. And you get orange-like bits on your fingers. Yeah. So would you rather have that on your fingers? What, well, forever? What, well, forever? Get, yeah, can't get it off. Right. Or every muffin that you see in a shop or... I don't know, wherever you go, Costa. Yeah. You think it's a baby and you start showing it affection. <laughs> Mental, that, isn't it? That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's unbelievable. His name's Jimbo. His name's Jimbo. And he asks everyone that question. That's, that's pure genius. <laughs> can, I ask, can I ask some questions? What was your name? Johnny. Johnny, can I ask some questions? Um, with yeah, the, with the what's it hands... <laughs> right. Both what's it hands. Yeah, both okay, when, both when are... you've got two what's it hands, when you actually have <laughs> yeah. real what's it hands, when you touch something, the orangey stuff comes off. It Would that be the case with your what's it hands? Forever, yeah. stuff would always flake off. Okay. I yeah, think so I'd have to, I think I'd have to start. Yeah. You okay. can't look it off like you know okay. It's not going okay. let, right. let me ask you another one. With the, um, what is it that you see as babies? What was it? Muffins. Muffin. With the muffins, I mean, how, fe- when I see other people's babies, I'm not that affectionate to them because I don't know them. <laughs> so, I mean, no, no, would, I ju- would I just look at the muffin and go, oh, there's a little baby? No, no, you'd show it pure affection. What, like, what is- I, I generally don't like other people's children either. Right. But sometimes you see a nice one with kill it or whatever, you see, that's a yeah. cute baby. Some yeah, of so I'll just comment, I'll just comment about a muffin, yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, was the, when was the last time you showed a muffin a lot of affection? No, I didn't. I no. don't. But you, you think, don't. you'd be confused. No. You think it's a lovely baby. Right. I think I'll go muffin. I couldn't handle what's it hands. Yeah, I'd have to go muffin. <laughs> what about you, Johnny? Magic. What would you do? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's it from another TalkSport Daily, Andy Goldstein's podcasty thing. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to download it. Remember, the Sports Bar does exist Monday to Thursday from 10pm, and obviously the midnight train is slap-bang in the middle of it, apart from it's sort of at one end, but you understand what I'm saying. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you for downloading. Remember to press subscribe so the next one is in your inbox waiting for you when you open up your pretty little eyes in the morning. Until next time, thanks for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. 
was a podcast from Talk Sport. The Talk Sport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.